0: Hey everybody, Jeff Johnson from The Gazette, K.J. Pilcher and Nathan Ford. You all know what he looks like now. <laughs> he's, been, he's been, well actually you already know what he looks like. He's been doing all this stuff on Friday night for us. That's been great. So Yeah, Nathan, right? Yeah, Nathan's stepping in um, for uh, this edition of the Prep Puddle, uh, Prep Football Podcast. Uh, Jeff Linder's got uh, other duties uh, going on, so... Nathan, welcome aboard, man. Don't show KJ and I up, please, too much. So,
1: Next man up, right? I,
0: yeah, that's right. Right. Next that's man right. in. I've heard that somewhere before. I'm not <laughs> sure, but uh, Boys, it's a round of 16, uh, playoff-wise. We've got every class that will be in uh, postseason competition. Uh, Friday night, and we're taping this on Thursday, uh, we had one round of uh, playoffs. And those count, right? Those are play- actual playoff games? Last week, is that yeah. what everybody's excited? Yeah. So, uh, in well, the smaller classes, uh, we had uh, first round games uh, last week, the round of 32, and now we're down to the round of 16. So, uh, we will uh, – why don't we just run right through it, guys, and we'll uh, get your analysis on, on things. Uh, let's start with uh, class 5A where we have uh, uh, the setting is four pods uh, with uh, – you know, each pod having, I guess, your number one, your number one team in the pod and then, uh, you know, three others. And actually, I think this was set up almost perfectly by RPI with maybe one or two tweaks uh, for geography um, going into this thing. So, uh you know, the, the RPI was used heavily when creating these uh, postseason pairings. Uh, pod one looks like we've got Johnston four and five at Southeast Polk eight one. Southeast Polk was your your top RPI team um, in five A, according to the IHSAA, and then Linmar seven and two at West Point Dowling six and three. Um, tough, tough go here for Linmar. Jackson Smolik's back at quarterback for Dowling, and uh, the Maroons uh, will be a tough out here. Southeast Polk's a tough out. Uh, what do you think about Pod One, guys?
2: Well, I, I think this really uh, started to kind of form a couple of weeks ago where Dowling just seemed to uh, kind of hit a different different gear, different level as the regular season came to an end and you kind of hear that, that train rolling down the tracks. And uh, what was it, uh, opening week when uh, Southeast Polk and, and Dowling had the uh, game decided like on a Hail Mary pass maybe? Um so this is a collision course between these two to for a spot in the dome? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess yes. Uh no disrespect to Linmar. Um you know, but Dowling's playing really, really well, and Linmar unfortunately has to head over there. Uh, but you know, don't count the Lions out. I mean, I think uh with their defense, uh, you know, they've they've done a good job of, of being able to to force turnovers, uh, especially interceptions. Um, Maybe there's a little bit of a rust factor, Uh, you know, uh, Dowling's QB hasn't had a full season. Maybe they're able to force a couple turnovers and, you know, uh, run the ball well with uh, Carter Henderson. You know, I believe McKay Jelinek uh, is actually playing a lot stronger, so uh, the Lions have a chance, but, boy, it's hard, to, hard not to think uh, we're going to see Southeast Polk and, and Dowling for a spot in the film. Nathan, actually, that game will uh, will not be
0: at Dowling's home field, which is actually at West Des Moines Valley, because Valley also uh, has a home playoff game. So they will play the uh, Lindmar and West Des Moines-Dowling game at Des Moines East. Which oh, okay. Is- uh, Williams Field, I believe, is the name of Williams Stadium. So um, you kind of see the same thing. This this kind of collision course for th- Southeast Polk and and Dowling again.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lindmar Lindmar got a tough draw. I, th- I think they can, like KJ said, I think they they can make it a game for sure. I mean, I don't think Dowling is quite as explosive as maybe they've been in the past. I mean, they they put I think they scored thirty one against Valley, but in some of their big games. They've, they've been low scoring, but with, with uh, small look back, they're just a different team. And, you know, we got some, a few comments from people when our rankings came out that had Dowling up to number five, like, how can you have a, a three-loss team in the top five? But context matters a lot there. And with them at full strength, they've beaten Valley. They've been a play away from beating Southeast Polk. And I, I feel like that quarterfinal game, if it happens, is going to be one of the most anticipated quarterfinal games uh, in, in the last few years. I mean, the, the week one game was one of the most hyped games uh, of the regular season because we had them, I think Southeast Polk was number one and Dowling was number three at the time. So Southeast Polk has kind of been, you know, Kennedy's obviously climbed up to the number one spot, but Southeast Polk has kind of loomed as, the 5A favorite probably for, for a lot of the season, if you had to pick a champion, but there's a very real chance that they don't get to the dome just because of that, that draw that they've got.
2: Let's
0: move on to pod two where Cedar Rapids Kennedy is your, is your top team there. Uh, the Cougars 9-0, to Dubuque senior 5-4 and and the other part or the other uh, game in pod two is Urbadale 7-2 and at Iowa City High 8-1. Uh, Kennedy was your number two team in the 5A RPI. City High, despite just uh, that one loss uh, to Pleasant Valley and pretty much uh, destroying every other team uh, with the exception of Dowling, which was a last-second victory, uh, City High got the number seven RPI, guys, and thus has a, has a tough first-round game against Urbandale.
2: Yeah, you know, Urbandale was one of those teams that uh, kind of leading up to the – to week nine that you know they're they're right on that uh cusp but you know that uh that five six team um in our rankings and, and uh they had a little bit of a disappointing setback uh uh last week that, that might have dropped them a little bit um you know they were a team that i thought would uh that could make some some noise here in the postseason but this is this is a pretty tough uh this is a pretty tough pot. Um, this, this is the, the, an easy route for for Kennedy. Uh, you mentioned how while well City High has played, the only loss there to, to PV um, that was a, a bit of a head scratcher um, when that came around. But you know, Dubuque Senior played uh, has played Kennedy tough, and uh, you know that that's not going to be an easy first round matchup for the Cougars. Um obviously I think uh you know Kennedy is a, a team that not only can make the dome, but you know, be in the finals and and contend for a title. Uh I think they're a lot more balanced and diverse the uh, diverse Kennedy team uh than we've seen in the past. And um, you know, but they're gonna have their their hands full just to just to get to Cedar Falls with Dubuque senior and then the winner between Urbandale and city high. And, um, you know, that Urbandale city high could be one of the most competitive games here in this, uh, this first round for five, a
0: guys, I look at, uh, you know, that it's been a great turnaround, as we all know, uh, at city high under, under first year coach, Mitch Moore, um, What's maybe been most amazing to me is that, um, they've been, they rotate two sophomore quarterbacks in, uh, what Tran and, and, uh, Larson, and yet they've been able to, to almost, you know, they've been great on offense, right. Uh, you know, and and both those kids they rotate and their, their numbers are almost, uh, almost identical and they're sophomores. So, um, you know, to me, I guess that's that's pretty uh pretty impressive, right?
1: Now I want to see if they can keep it up for, for three years. Yeah. Keep rotating them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a great story at City High. And both City High and Kennedy, like KJ said, are gonna have really tough first round first round games, but I would love to see that quarterfinal game because both those teams we've been kind of talking about most of the year really haven't played a lot of the teams in this area. So it's been hard to compare like a Kennedy versus Prairie or city high. So that's a matchup that I think we would have loved to see in the regular season. So I'm just really hoping we get it here in the playoffs. You
2: know what? You know what the, I was just going to say, you know what the, the, the prospects of Kennedy city high kind of remind me of a little bit. And, and JJ, you might recall uh, about a. About a decade ago, um, when City High and Xavier babbled, uh, it seemed like every every year there were, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, City High won a state title, and then Xavier won or went to the finals a couple of years in a row. There, um, I, I think this Kennedy, uh, this possible Kennedy. City high matchup might resemble some of those battles between city high and Xavier. So it's a, it's a pretty, uh, uh, attractive, uh, quarterfinal matchup. Pods, pods,
0: three and four, we've only got one, one team from our area. Um, and that's in pod four, but we'll run through pod three. It's, uh, West of Moines Valley is your is your top team there at seven and two, and uh, the Tigers will play Ankeny Centennial in the first round. Centennial gets in at four and five. Cedar Falls six and three at Pleasant Valley seven and two. That's the other game. Then in Pod four, Cedar Rapids Prairie is your top team. Uh, RPI wise gets Bettendorf at five and four in the first round a rematch from the regular season. Then Waukee Northwest five and four at uh, Ankeny seven and two. Uh, any thoughts on, on three and four? Uh, I really think Prairie's got a chance to to uh, to make this uh, deep playoff run, guys. What do you think?
1: Well, both KJ and I were at Prairie's game against Southeast Polk a few weeks ago. And after watching the first, like, quarter and a half, I was thinking, all right, well, Prairie's a good team, but maybe not on the level of some of the elites in 5A. And then I was about to leave at halftime and they scored and I was like, ah, I'll just stick around for a little while longer. See if Southeast Polk puts it away in the third quarter and Prairie, I mean, probably came away with that from that game thinking they should have won. And that's just been from, from then on, you can tell that this Prairie team at full strength is right among the five, A contenders. And it would be an awesome story for them to get to the dome. It definitely got a chance, uh, Walking Northwest and and Ankeny, I think, would both be tough quarterfinal games. But with the way Prairie played against Southeast Polk, and just the what the competitive nature of 5A this year, I, this this of all the years is just an opening for so many of these teams to make a run.
2: You know, uh, just uh, piggyback on what you said about that game uh, with Prairie. You know, uh, I remember. Uh, Uh, Prairie Southeast Polk. I remember uh, uh, Mark Bliss mentioned, uh, you know, talking to the Southeast Polk coaches after the game and said, you know, I hope we meet up with you guys again. You know, this is a great game. And I think one of the reasons behind that was, you know, Prairie was maybe inches, you know, or, or the length of Wampaw's hand, you know, from winning that game. And there are a lot of mistakes that they made. That, that's the other thing, too, is that, uh, you know, there was a block punt that led to a touchdown early. Um, there was some uh, communication and, and time management issues that led to that final field goal attempt. And, uh, you know, there are times where Prairie proved that they could just move the ball on Southeast Polk. And, um, you know, I think they can do that against just about anybody. And, uh, you know, Ankeny uh, – you know, they, they had a early season loss to Centennial and then they, you know, a three-point loss to, to Valley. So those are the only uh, losses. But, um, you know, really outside of that, um, you know, you've got the, the win over Southeast Polk. And um, I think the rest of their schedule with, you know, Des Moines North and the Waukees down this year, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, even if they, they match up or even if they face uh, one of those two teams, I think they have a good chance to, to win. And, you know, when you get to the dome and a lot of things can happen. So really like uh, uh, the way Prairie set up uh, right now.
0: Why it's, it's an open five, a, and I love that. I don't know what you guys think, but you know, Dowling obviously has been so dominant for so long and, Central Iowa has been so dominant for, for even longer. Um, but to me, this is just, I mean, you can legit pick, you know, maybe a handful of team, handful of teams here and, and say, yeah, they've, you know, they, they're, they can win a state championship. So uh, 5A is going to be really, really uh, interesting. Let's move to class 4A where we've got, uh, again, the pod system, the four pods where uh, we've got a, a top team according to the RPI in each of the pods. Uh, we'll run through by Pod One: Decorah six and three at North Scott nine and zero, Clear Creek Amanda six and three at Winterset seven and two. Um, then Pod Two is Burlington seven and two at Cedar Rapids Xavier eight and one, Norwalk six and three at Webster City seven and two. Um, pod Three: Cedar Rapids Washington five and four at Waverly Shell Rock eight and one, Fort Dodge seven and two at Fondurant du eight and one. And then uh, finally, Pod Four: Carlisle five and four at Indianola eight and one, and then Spencer seven and two at Council Bluffs Lewis Central seven and two. Uh, your top team, your top four teams according to RPI and four A uh, are North Scott Cedar Rapids Xavier, Waverly Shell Rock, and Indianola. Uh, guys, would it you know pick a pod and and uh, and talk about it here? I guess.
2: Well, I'll go ahead and take the the easy one there at Pod Two. You know, uh, with with Burlington at Xavier here in the first round. You know, I, I really think that's a a tough uh, matchup for Burlington. You know, that's a that's a run heavy offense, uh, to say the least. And I think you're seeing strength versus strength there. Uh, where you talk about Burlington's run game against Xavier's run defense um, you know I, I think that benefits uh, uh, Xavier uh, quite a bit um, the other the other one with uh, Norwalk and, and Webster City the the interesting thing is if Webster City comes out on top of, of that one uh, of Webster City at uh, uh, Xavier quarterfinal that that seems like a really odd uh, pairing in an odd trip, um, you know, there, but, uh, Webster city is seven and two, uh, they score 34.2 points a game, uh, only give up, uh, about 15, uh, you know, Norwalk, uh, uh, their, their defense, they're a little more offensive, uh, heavy. Um, so, kind of looking at uh, Xavier and Webster city moving on and and having that quarterfinal and uh, could be a real exciting uh, quarterfinal there possibly between Webster city at Xavier. Nathan, is there one pod that that kind of sticks out to
0: you here of the four?
1: I, I think pod three is just kind of fun to think about. I mean, with, with Waverly, Shell Rock and Bondurant, Ferrar, the top two seeds, those are, Football programs that you don't haven't necessarily thought of as being really tr- really strong football programs, but they both had great seasons and we kind of expect that coming in. Both teams brought a lot of talent back and have, have been really good uh the whole season. And then they both play teams that have been bigger sc- schools, like a class above them or two classes above them in the past in the first round, Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Fort Dodge. So it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about and almost hard to, to predict what's going to happen in those games. But if you got like a Waverly-Shellrock-Bondurant quarterfinal game, then one of those schools is going to be going to the Dome, and that's not something – I haven't looked up the history, but for both of those schools, it might be one of their best, if not the best seasons they've ever had. And then Cedar is Washington and Fort Dodge. I mean, both those teams have been in the, the big school playoffs in the not-so-distant not so past, and now – get a chance here in 4A and have to go on the road to what have been smaller schools. It's just kind of an interesting matchups and games we haven't seen before in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, I got to give props to Clear Creek, man. Uh, <laughs> the, a tough first round game, obviously, against Winterset 7-2. and two. Uh, But the Clippers finished 6-3, and three, guys. Four of the six wins were by one point. And, of course, uh, the regular season finale last week you know, fit that script, a one point win over Newton, which got the Clippers uh what second in the in a district that Xavier won. Uh three way tiebreaker that uh you know Pella ended up the the odd team out. But man, it's just it's amazing to me that you win six games and four of them are by one point. But you know, CCA found a way, right?
1: That was crazy because when Cedar Rapids Washington when that game went final, I I thought I'd seen this Clear Creek and Mana was up by like two or three touchdowns against Newton. So I was just like, oh, okay, three-way tie. And then I see the final score was 49-48. And it's like, yeah. oh, of course, of course, Clear Creek and mana you know, they can't – they've always got to make it interesting. I can't imagine being like a, a fan or a parent of that team this year and how stressful that must have been in <laughs> all those games. But that's, yeah. that's a good sign going into the postseason, I guess. They can win close
0: games. For sure, you know. Hey, Coach Hattie, you wanted to get into the head coaching stuff, so you know, here you go, right? Your first year, and your and your boys are putting you through the emotional ringer. So,
2: yeah, that'll (laughs) that'll turn your hair gray really quick.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: But Uh, can we we just talk about the span of before we came on air? Nathan and I were talking about some of the pairings and eight player. but just with the prospects of Winterset traveling to North Scott or even the far-out chance that Decora heads to Winterset for a second-round game, uh, how crazy is that, thinking about, uh, you know, just kind of the travel there? Uh, not something you uh, had normally seen in the past, but, you know, that just seems to be a pod kind of representing – three different regions of the state.
0: I don't mind that, you know, uh, I, you know, trying to match up teams, you know, yeah. according to RPI, you no, know,
2: I don't, I don't mind it either. It's just, yeah. it's just weird.
0: No, you're right. Uh, no, you're right. I understand yeah. what you're saying. For sure. Let's go um, to class three. A. Let's go through the four pods here. We'll start with pod one, which is um, a Northwest Iowa centric pod. Uh, Sioux Center 5-4 at Boyden-Hole Rock Valley 9-0. Algona 5-4 at Sergeant Bluff-Luton 7-2. Then Pod 2 sees uh, Hampton-Dumont-Cal 5-4 at Humboldt 9-0. And, zero. and uh, then a big one uh, at Benton Community is uh, Independence and Benton Community. Both teams are 8-1. and one. That that's, might be your best uh, uh, first-round matchup uh, in any class. Uh, in this whole thing pod three sees Huxley Ballard five and four at Harlan nine and oh and uh ADM Adel DeSoto Soto Menburn seven and two at Nevada eight and one pod four is Grinnell six and three at West Delaware eight and one and Davenport Assumption six and three at Solon nine and oh uh which pod catches your eye here guys your top teams are uh, uh RPI wise again are BHRV Humboldt Harlan and West Delaware
1: I am going to talk about pod four and not, not because Cornell is in it, but because <laughs> West Delaware and Solon both being ranked number three and possibly having to meet in the, in the quarterfinals would be, would be like one of the games of the week for sure. I mean, you could say that about like any quarterfinal game, but West Delaware and Solon could be a semifinal game easily. And for so sure. that would, that would be, uh, uh I'd be really interested, interested to see what happens there. But Davenport Assumption, I mean, that that's been a team that's been ranked in the top ten for, for a lot of the years. So that's not gonna be an easy first game for Solon by any means. And I mean Grinnell, they were they were ahead against Solon in the first half, beat Benton community. So West Delaware can't take it easy there either. But yeah, I, I love that that possibility of West Delaware and Solon meeting up in the, uh, in the, in the quarterfinals, a lot of orange and black in this dish, in this spot. <laughs> That's uh, right.
0: That. Really poor <laughs> KJ. You've I'm seen both
2: in see. and Benton, right? Yeah. Um, and that, uh, that stands out as uh, just the echo, what you said, I think this is, uh, not only in class three, A, but, but maybe in just about, uh, every class, this is, this is one of the marquee matchups. And I think, uh, you know, you, you've got uh, uh, two uh, two really strong teams that, that have a potential to be semifinalists. You know, uh, Nathan mentioned Benton's uh, only loss came to Grinnell, um, I think, in the opener this season. So they rifled off eight straight wins. Independence, uh, their only loss came to West Delaware, and that was a game that, uh, you know, Independence uh, – for two and a half, maybe two and uh, almost three quarters, uh, had West Delaware, you know, on their heels, and West Delaware just kind of pulled away late. But you're going to see some uh, really good uh, running backs here and good offensive lines, Uh, Marcus Beatty for Independence and uh, Jacob Brecht for for Benton Community. Um, It might come down to quarterback play. Uh, to be honest with you, you got Colin, uh, a book for, for Benton, um, Mitchell Johnson for independent. So, uh, I think this is a game that could, could go down to the wire. And, uh, for some reason I, I was really surprised that humble ended up being number two in the RPI when it was all said and done. Um, but I, I think everything revolves around that indie Benton community game, uh, to determine a semifinalist, really. The uh, the
0: other four classes here, starting with class 2A, there were no RPI um, ratings. This was, uh, it, it is, again, in the pod system, but um, I guess I'm not quite sure how they, how they determined uh, who to group, other than it uh, looks like it's, you know, probably fairly heavily weighed as far as geography, um, when you look at it, at least in 2A. Uh you've got pod one is a northwest Iowa pod, uh for the most part, Spirit Lake seven and two at West Lion seven and two, Clear Lake six and three at Central Lion, George Little Rock six and three. Then uh you've got pod two is Iowa Falls Alden six and three at Southeast Valley eight and one, OABC IG eight and one at Green County eight and one. Pod three is uh excuse me, more of a central Iowa uh sort of uh top uh Pod with PCM five and four at Williamsburg six and three Mid Prairie six and three at West Marshall eight and one and then Pod four is Comanche six and three at Walkon eight and one and then uh, North Fad Valley eight and one at Monticello seven and two I didn't realize this until just kind of looking at it right now we have uh, we have two defending state champions in two A right OABCIG and uh, and Walkon. Um, but you know, what, what do you think, I guess, of the pods here, uh, pick a pod and,
2: and, uh, and go with it. Well, one of the things that kind of stands out there in, in pod one, um, or actually I'll, I'll go to pod two. Um, you know, just the fact that, uh, Southeast Valley and OABCIG. Are in the same uh, pod there? Those are two teams that I think we've had at number one. Uh, each held the number one spot in our rankings at some time this year. Um, you now, obviously, they have to get through Iowa Falls, Alden, and in Green County um, was also eight and one. But uh, I, I think that's that's uh, something where if uh, Southeast Valley and Otebo Arthur um get through like they should uh that's a possible title. i mean championship caliber game um they're just for a spot uh to the dome and you mentioned uh uh oabcig uh being a defending state champ so uh pod two has, has maybe two of the uh two teams that that are title contenders I'll let somebody else tackle pod one. Yeah, pod one is
1: is just crazy. I mean, and Leonard has been talking about it all year, those Northwest Iowa teams. And, and Southeast Valley and OABCIG play a part in that too. But you've got number five, six, and eight in our in our pool in that pod with Spirit Lake going on the road to West Lion and Central Lion hosting Clear Lake. Could be looking at a Central Lion, West Lion quarterfinal game. I think for the second year in a row, uh, Central Lion beat West Lion twice last year. And then was our number one preseason team. West Lion beat them in the regular season and now they could meet again, but Spirit Lake has been a team that that has been really good, knocked off Southeast Valley in in the last week of the regular season. So any number of those teams could not only make the semifinals, but, but win it all. And that's not to disrespect any of the eastern iowa teams because they're they're in the mix too but it's just crazy how deep it is in, in western iowa in 2a
2: uh could this be a, a contender for our group of
1: <laughs> definitely
0: i think uh three let's see i think most of, when we did the four downs this week that three of the four of us i think picked that right i think so so, yeah, <laughs> let's go to class 1A again. All, it's all pods the rest of the way, so I won't even bring that up. Um, again, no no RPI. Uh, we've got pod 1, Western Christian, 4 and 5 at Underwood, 9 and 0. Ridgeview, 6 and 3 at West Sioux, 8 and 1. Pod 2 is uh, Adair Casey, Guthrie Center, 8 and 1 at South Central, Calhoun, 8 and 1. Woodward Granger, 6 and 3 at Van Meter, 9 and 0. Then Pod Three: Pella Christian eight one at Dyke New Hartford nine and zero, Waterloo Columbus seven and two at Sigourney, Kyoto nine and zero. Pod Four sees West Branch seven and two at Dyersville Beckman nine and zero, and MFL Marback seven and two at Iowa City Regina nine and zero. What I see here, guys, is a lot of nine and zero teams, and uh, a, a four of them could meet in the uh, in the round of eight, right?
2: Exactly. I- you know, you look at uh, those bottom two pods. You know, uh, I, I think Pod Two. Uh, you know, Van Meter. I think everybody thinks that's a heavy favorite, not just to come out of the pod, but you know, just to to keep its uh, keep things rolling and in a heavy favorite to win it all. But you know, Pod Four. Uh, you know, West Branch and and Beckman. Uh, MFL Marmac and Regina I think those are two really uh, uh, good games did uh, did Beckman and West Branch meet up earlier in the in the season or am I thinking of somebody else maybe Um,
0: I'll effort that I don't remember that but you know I can't I I might
2: have it I might have it confused with Columbus uh, um, Columbus and West Branch instead uh, for some reason but uh however you shake it out these are these are four really really good teams um you know these are these are teams uh with with a lot of experience um but you know Beckman and Regina uh those two meeting up possibly in the the quarterfinals uh could be a really exciting game and you know, we talked about it on fourth down. Regina, 20, 20 wins in a row. Um, you know, they're going to have their hands full to continue that uh, continue that streak. Yeah, it was
0: KJ Waterloo, Columbus, and uh, West Branch met in the first okay. in the second week of the regular season. Okay. So, Nathan, what do you think?
1: I I love pot three. Uh, Two 9-0 teams, again, Dykno-Hartford, Sigourney-Kyota, and then teams that played them pretty close in the regular season with Columbus and uh, Pella Christian. And then that that meeting of sigourney Kyoto and Columbus is a rematch of a quarterfinal game last year that was a classic 35-32 Sigourney-Kyota winning. So I'm sure with playing that old-school offense, that was a great story last year. It could be this year as well. I'm sure Columbus was really thrilled to see that that draw pop up again I'm getting to go down to Sigourney but yeah that's an exciting matchup and Pella Christian has been a has been a really good team all year played Sigourney Kyoto close and Dyke New Hartford obviously has been a, a power for a while but that, that's a team that we didn't have ranked at the start of the year just because of how much they lost but have gone on and gone nine and zero and beat Columbus and that that's a team that's uh looking to get to the dome and that that could be some, uh, some really exciting games
0: in in pod three. Uh, class two, a has no undefeated teams class. <clears throat> excuse me. Class one, a has six undefeated teams here in the round of 16. <laughs> so, uh, pretty, uh, pretty amazing stuff there. Let's go to class a, uh, pod one C South O'Brien seven and two at West Hancock nine and zero, and North Butler eight and one at Hartley Melvin Sanborn seven and two, man, that's gotta be a trip. Uh, that's a long trip. I'm gonna to have to map quest that one. Pod two, Southwest Valley seven and two at Woodbury Central eight and one Logan Magnolia eight and one at Mount Air seven and two. Pod three is Earlham six and three at Grundy Center eight and one North Tama seven and two at Linville Sully eight and one. And then Pod four, uh, which has a lot of uh, geographic significance, uh, our way sees Wapsie Valley seven and two at North Lynn, nine and zero oh, and East Buchanan eight and one at Lisbon eight and one uh i like that pod those four teams guys uh boy it'd be uh something to see an all north uh or an all lynn county um
2: you know matchup here in the round of eight right uh this actually uh was my pick for the group of <laughs> um you know these are four teams that uh you know three of them uh are ranked in our, our top 10. North Lynn is third, uh, Lisbon fourth, uh, East buck who, uh, really just, uh, trampled Mason city Newman in the second half, uh, in the first round, um, is ranked seventh. You know, I had Wapsi Valley in my final poll, even though, uh, uh, they didn't crack our, our top 10 overall, but Wapsi Valley, uh, you know, they have uh, six straight wins, and their only losses are to uh, Grundy Center um, and Denver. So, uh, you know, this is a team that uh, uh, has beaten, you know, North Tama when, when North Tama was uh, riding pretty high. Um, you know, they're coming off a big win against Albertnet, uh, 28 to six. This is one where you could you might play this, uh, you might play these games each week and have kind of different outcomes of, uh, what teams, uh, come out. Uh, but you know, Northland's defense has been exceptional this year. Um, you know, they only, uh, give up like an average of four points a a game, which is phenomenal. Um. You know, so you, you got to like Northland's uh, defense, and of course, East Bucks rush attack. Uh, got to see that firsthand. Um, you know, they have some uh, a lot more diverse in, in, in tricky uh, runs. Even even though it's still run heavy, uh, very few passes. I think uh, one of the administrators joked, "What's the over under of passes? Like three and a half uh, for the game?" And I think <laughs> I think they threw three. So. Um, you know, these, these are four teams that uh, you could shake them up every week, and you might have a different one come out on top. Uh, but it'll be fun to watch uh, this group in pod four. Nathan, any thoughts
0: on any of the pods?
1: I just want to shout out the uh, Western Iowa teams for making it impossible to rank class A this year. I mean, <laughs> Woodbury Central. And Logan Magnolia Woodbury Central beats Logan Magnolia, then loses to Tri Center. So then you have to figure out how to where to put Woodbury Central, but still rank Logan Magnolia pretty high. And then you've got Southwest Valley that had won three games that were like almost identical. They beat HSCW fourteen to 12, 15 to thirteen over Earlham, and fifteen to twelve over Riverside. So then you're like, okay, I think Southwest Valley could be in here. And then they go out and lose to Mount Air. 41 to 33 and now those four teams are in the same pod so that that's going to be a a fist fight between those those four teams i would probably i would give a side edge i think to woodbury central but i think uh logan magnolia even going on the road twice that that's a team that's really dangerous so that i'm excited to see what happens there and just thankful i don't have to rank them anymore they're going to decide it on the field
0: (laughs) that's right thankful you're thankful you are not on the bus i did just map quest uh north butler and Hartley melvin sanborn are exactly three hours apart so uh that is quite a trip that uh that exactly
2: two adam sandler movies uh to watch on the charter there you go
0: there you go (laughs) Let's uh, move down to a player, our final class here. We're uh, pod one sees Kingsley Pearson, five and zero at Remsen. St. Mary's nine and zero. then uh, speaking of travel, uh, Grettinger, Terrell, Ruth and Ayrshire eight and one, uh, at Don Bosco seven and two. Again, I'll effort the, uh, the exact mileage on that here in a second pod two is English Valley, seven and one at Eastern Valley, nine and zero. Lansing key, eight and one at Turkey Valley, nine and 0 that'll be a rematch of, uh, of a good regular season game, uh, late regular season game, Pod three is Waco nine and zero at Martinsdale Saint Mary's seven and two, Audubon eight and one at Montezuma ten and zero, and then Pod four is Fremont Mill six and three at Cam Cumberland Anita Messina nine and zero, Newell Fonda eight and one at Lennox nine and um, zero. Guys, Montezuma survived in the first round. Uh, what a two point win! And that's our what our number two ranked team, and uh, as a result, the reward for Montezuma is to play fifth ranked Audubon right away here uh, in in the round of sixteen. How about that?
1: And Audubon's only loss is to Cam, the
0: top ranked team. And
1: I think I've I think I've still been voting Audubon either number two or number three, just because they were so highly ranked to start the season and have battle just that loss to cam and a game that they were right in in the second half so yeah montezuma i think everybody you know neutral fans are hoping to get montezuma back in the dome so you can watch the, the eddie burgess show again but that is pod three is such a tough draw there with waco looming there if they can get past martinsdale st mary's too so ottoman and montezuma that's Ottoman and Montezuma would have felt like, oh, man, that, that's going to be a tough quarterfinal game, let alone round of 16. So that, that's probably the game to watch there.
2: What do you think, KJ? Uh, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how pod two shakes out because I think uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen what Easton Valley, you know, they had a good season last year, and I think that came to an end against Montezuma. Uh, and, and they, uh, they came right out of the gate and been impressive, uh, all year long, uh, Turkey Valley, uh, kind of surprised me a little bit being nine and zero, and so the Lansing key is, uh, you know, uh, I think one of you guys mentioned, the the regular season game between the two, um, you know, that, uh, um, Uh, again, i got get that mixed up with uh, uh, somebody else here. Um, There's too was, many valleys. Yeah, yeah right. There is. Was it East? There's was there. it Easton Valley in uh, Lansing Key? But anyway, Lansing Key has had a fantastic season. Um, yeah, and it was 51-46 uh, uh, between uh, Easton Valley and Lansing Key. So Lansing Key has put together a, a pretty strong. Um, campaign as well and then you got English Valleys in there that won their first playoff game in what 21 seasons or something like that JJ and yeah uh you know their reward is to get Easton Valley uh here in the round of 16 so I think that's uh uh that could be a fun pod to to watch uh uh you know specifically with uh that Lancy Key Turkey Valley matchup and then uh, uh possibly uh uh, Eastern Valley, um, for a trip at dome at stake.
0: Geographically here, um, Montezuma Ottoman, that's about two hours and 10 minutes. So that's a hefty drive, uh, but nothing compared to Gretton, Jotaro, Ruth, and Ayrshire, or Don Bosco three hours and 11 minutes. So you wow. it it's kind of one of those deals where, all right, one of you teams from Eastern Iowa has got to go out West or being a Western pod and it just turned out to be Don Bosco. And when you look at it, you know, GTRA is eight and one. Uh, and then Remsen St. Mary's is looming. Uh, should Don Bosco win this game at nine or no. So, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough go for, uh, for the Dons who obviously have been uh, a perennial power. What lost the first two games, right guys, Don Bosco. Mm-hmm. And then
2: went on a roll as won seven in a row. So, um, uh, oh. To make matters worse, with the uh, grettinger Terrell uh, travel uh, just last week, Nathan didn't you mention that they were at Gladbrook Reinebeck? So back to back weeks are going to Gladbrook Rhinebeck and Van Bosco um, here in the postseason. So uh, uh, yeah, they're they're uh, putting a lot of mileage on the buses' tires. Uh, there and with Don Bosco, you know, they lost their first two two games. The first one that got kind of blasted by Eastern Valley, uh, and then lost a, a closer one to Turkey Valley. Both of those teams are undefeated and uh, you know, kinda kind of wrote them off, to be honest with you. I thought, oh well, maybe this is gonna be a down year. Um, and all they've done is just rattled off seven straight uh victories, including a forfeit in there, but uh it's going to be interesting uh, to see how uh, that first round plays out and if uh, we get a Don bosco from St. Mary uh, quarterfinal. Need to point
0: out, all these games start at 7 o'clock on Friday night, so uh, beware. There is no game, uh, sub-varsity game <laughs> uh, to worry about in any of these, so they will start at 7 o'clock right on the dot, which is good for, mm-hmm. for everybody, I guess. Uh, especially for GTRA, which has to drive three hours back. <laughs> Maybe right. they can use the IHSA charter jet. You think that IHSA would, would, would let them use the charter jet for that long that long trip?
2: They have one of those? What do they do? You know, that's just rumor. Rumor has it. A little picture of Bernie Saga painted on the side. <laughs> you know.
1: I think you have to wait till your district reaches five or six towns before you get that. They might have to pull Emmitsburg or somebody into the acronym.
0: There you go. (laughs) Mallard's right next, you know, pretty, pretty next door. So there you go. Just throw Mallard in there. That'd be five. That'd be a five town district.
2: So there you go.
0: All right, guys, any, any closing thoughts? Um, other than this is the fun. This is fun, man. Uh, this is the best time of year for me. Um, round of 16, we've got some great, great games. Uh, we've got some great potential matchups. Um, you know, any closing thoughts from either of you?
2: No, I just think this is, uh, I, I think this might be one of the most competitive postseasons that we see, uh, that we've seen in a, in a while. Both of you guys have mentioned just how deep a couple of the classes are. Um, I, I think we're gonna have a lot of uh, fun games. And even though the first round didn't produce any, I think we might have some surprises here coming up in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. just because of that competitive field. And uh just to let everybody know, I'll be at uh uh Dubuque Senior and and Kennedy uh at Kingston Stadium on Friday. Um I'll have a feature on of all things a fullback. Um Colin Flanagan from Cedar Rapids Kennedy, kind of uh, uh, all guts, no glory guy that does all the dirty work for, for the Cougars offensively. Uh, and uh, look, uh, look for that at Gazette.com.
0: Nathan, you got any final thoughts?
2: No,
1: I mean, same as KJ. I think it's just exciting how competitive this is going to be. We talked about 5A and just the number of championship contenders and in the past you could maybe point to just a couple but it's not even just in the rounds in the future it's in this round too it's going to be so competitive i mean there'd be games in the past where you're thinking the first round game is going to be 56 nothing but now you've got our number one right team is playing a team that uh, in the regular season was a 28 21 game so it's just going to be exciting to follow every single week
0: are you going to be able to get out, uh, out of the office and head out to a game local, game local Nathan? I think, uh, I think
1: I'm think i going to be going to Lisbon and East Buchanan with nice. both those teams being ranked. And I haven't seen either one this year. Guaranteed an area winner for the highlights. So that, I think that's
2: what I'm leaning toward Friday. Very nice.
0: Very nice. That's
2: a good pick. Good pick.
0: Nathan's done such a great job all year thank you um, for all your work on on Friday night uh Very much so you know Friday our version of Friday night lights I guess uh you've done a great job so uh I'm trying to think where I'm going to be at tomorrow night uh oh uh, I was city high Urbandale and and city high for that um uh big matchup Linder you know where Linder's going to be while well, I'm thinking of it here guys uh, stay cross-country Oh, that's right. He's, he's, he's taking the easy way out. Ha ha. Uh, he's got uh two days take uh, cross country. So, but I know we've got re- reporters all, uh, all around, uh, you know, town and, and the area here this week. So. Uh.
2: Speaking of, speaking of Linder uh, for people that are viewing, uh, even though it's not football related, he has a feature on and a cross country runner from North Lynn. Um, oh the Wheatley girl there uh it, it's a phenomenal story and make sure you uh uh give that a read um at iopress.com yes I
0: agree um the Wheatley family is uh synonymous with North Northland Athletics up there Brian mm-hmm. um the father of this girl is uh is the girls basketball coach there and and Ben is a tremendous. Uh, uh, all around athlete and, and, uh, including a uh, tremendous boys bath- basketball player for, uh, a great, uh, links boys basketball program. So yeah, make sure you read that on, uh, iowaprepsports.com. We will have a running scoreboard. We'll have people all over the place. We'll get you photos. We'll get you the green Gazette. Don't forget about that. Of course, on Friday night, Boys, let's go. I'm ready right now. We got rain out here right now, which means would mean mudders. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, thanks for your time, gentlemen. Thank you for watching us, folks, uh, for another edition of the Iowa uh, Prep Football Prep Huddle Podcast. Say that five times fast. We will talk at you uh, before the round of eight next week. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the games. And go,
2: go cracking! Keep your head on a swivel.